Good day, listeners. Welcome to today's episode of Say Word, Season 3, Episode 6. Today is going to be a shorter episode as we're going to cover a few timely topics, including back to the office discussions and inflation pains. For today's episode, we have myself, Hirsch, Eddie, and Hassan. So how's everybody doing? Uh, I was just going to say that it, I think it's feeling good. I think um, spring is in session, getting out of this long winter, but I think also a feeling of rejuvenation and relief coming out of another year of pandemic, but with more restrictions lifted, I think Ontario will have like the masks removed as well in certain parts. So it's feeling like almost like a back to normal in some sense. I think that's mentally that makes me feel a little bit more happier um, and also being able to engage with friends in much larger settings. So things are opening back up um, and that weaves well into our first topic because one of the signs that that things are are getting back to a sense of normalcy, quote unquote, is the return to the office. And our first topic is around returning to the office. First of all, I want to acknowledge all the people who have held us down and, and never have the option to work from home, like those administering medical services, people in the service sector, public transit workers, contractors, truckers, and, and, and so much more. So for some, this is a non-story. Um, but for those that have gotten to u- used to working from home, uh, this is a crucial factor for many considering, frankly, their career options um, if there's not that flexibility from the employer. Um, a lot of people have taken the time to rethink their commute, the time they get to spend with their kids, for example, for some of them, and what they can do with all that safe time not going to and from work. So whether you have kids or not, just that added time that, that gets that that unlocks um, as part of your day. So according to a poll by management consultancy, Advanced Workplace Associates, this is borne out in the data, right? Only 3% of white collar workers want to return to the office. So a full 86% of employees want to work from home at least two days a week. Um, And that's after they served 10, they they surveyed, sorry, 10,000 people from across the world, including in different areas, um, including finance, technology, and energy. And what's what's interesting is that all age groups felt the same. So it seems like it's not just a, the people, you know, in the news and the media, you would think it's like only millennials or, or Gen Z or what, what not asking for, for this, this accommodation, but really it's people across the age spectrum. And the workers reported a preference for commuting into cities on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Side note, by the way, for those that don't know, scientists have found that heart attacks are more common on Mondays. I've always disliked Mondays, but when people say, I don't want to come into the office on Monday, I'm not saying you're preventing a heart attack, but it seems that they have some medical grounds to request it. So before I get into the reporting, to the, uh, like coming back into the office, do you guys share the sentiment that Mondays are, are difficult? You, you're not a big fan of Mondays. Like, how, do you despise it or are you uh, the optimist that looks at it as like a bright start to the week? So when I had to come into the office, I did view, <laughs> I did view Mondays as a, as a not so great uh, reminder that the week has, has begun. So mm-hmm. typical 
uh, fashion is like, ah, you know, Mondays are a drag or whatever. But uh, since things have been remote, I think I've, I've definitely enjoyed Mondays a lot more. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, the non-action, the non-AM, the non-commute, I think that has been extremely helpful. Uh, so I, I definitely share that sentiment. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not with... Uh, I'm not with going back, man. I've gotten a taste of the great life. I'm not, I'm not going back. I, at least I don't want to. I don't want to. You said extremely with your chest, by the way. So extremely. You, we, extremely. We, can, we already get the sense of how important it is to you. That's yeah. Something. Yeah. So, Eddie, what do you think? If, so, if there are options, slots for like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or like Tuesday and Thursday, it seems yeah. to me that you would not opt for the Monday choice. I would not, I think I, I would be in agreement. I would not opt for the Monday choice. I think I remember pre-pandemic, Mondays would be like almost stressing, even though like my job was like, um, wasn't as like stressing, I think the type of work, but I think it's like the meal prep that you would have to do. You would have to do organizing. If you had events happening that Sunday evening, mm-hmm. you would have to really like, you don't have to wake up early, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think given this, uh, working from home for the last two years, it's been a lot more manageable. I'm able to meal prep and I'm also able to do a lot of things, but I know like, you know, I'm still going to be able to wake up and just like log in. I don't feel as much pressure. The demands don't feel even though like the emails be racking up. I think and I'm able to get into my Monday groove at a much easier way, right? And then come Tuesday, then at least I'm in, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go to the office. Fridays are also like maybe not so uh, days I would want to go into the office, maybe because I have other plans after work. But if I do have plans after work, I wouldn't mind doing like a half day in the office, mm-hmm. but it's the end of the week. So in, just in case you're planning a trip outside of the city, going to a cottage or something of the sorts, then like you also want to like have that as a buffer time. Like I'm not in the office but then I'm going to spend the rest of my weekend. But I tend to be a glass half full kind of guy, but I also understand the realities of having those Sunday scaries of like, holy shit, I have this coming up and I have to be in the office and I have to talk to this kind of person. It helps ease the pain when I'm working from home. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, What's interesting is that uh, you touched on it. There's there's almost an encroachment on your weekends um, that people like... Sundays are pretty much when you think about it, if you work on Friday, you kind of go into it, like winding down, relaxing Saturday. A lot of people usually try to fit some sort of plan in because they haven't seen, seen each other or haven't been able to connect. If you're uh, like first generation immigrant or whatnot, you also have to carve the time to call, like coordinate those international calls for some people. Right. So, um, and back home and, and, and continue those connections. So Sunday is like a pr- really a prep day for Mondays, um, prior to returning to the office and whether it's that physical prep of meal prepping or that psychological, like, okay, what am I, how am I going to start my week? How's it going to go? Um, what am I going to prioritize? I think that's what, that's what people feel anxious about in terms of it carving a little bit into the weekend. Um, but we know that there's, there's some benefits at times to returning to the office. Like for example, some people feel a, a strong sense of 
working in the office to clear that divide between their workspace and their home space. So it's not without merit. I, I try not, I try to keep an open mind because yeah. not everybody works the same. Um, but we're seeing employers start to demand in, in some cases that their workers begin to come back. So taking uh, your shoes off as an employee and putting it on as an employer, um, do you think that you would emphasize a return to the office or could you see it as hurting the workplace culture, given that we've all pretty, or a lot of us have worked from home or over the last couple of years, would you, how would you make that calculus in terms of asking people to come back versus respecting that new lifestyle that's been unlocked for them? I'll, I can go first. I think from an employer's perspective, of course, as you mentioned, like there's a corporate real estate, they paid rent for a significant amount of years and they want to make sure that that rent isn't going to waste, right? Uh, you still need bodies there. Um, but I also think that during this past few years and even during last year when there was that whole wave of great resignation um, where people were shifting, I think from an employer perspective, I think they have to take into credence that people's lives have become a little bit either manageable or at least more relatable. They're able to balance a lot of things out, especially if you think of um, employees who have family obligations. Childcare isn't very easy to find as well. You also, I think as an employer, you also have to now consider that if I'm asking my employees to come in, how are we supporting them in terms of like childcare? Um, how are we also supporting them in terms of if they need like mental health breaks? And now they know other employers, other competitors are willing to go the extra mile to make sure they recruit talent, right? So if you really want to keep your talent in-house, you're going to have to also like um, at least budge on having some form of flexibility. I don't think it can be Monday to Friday in the office all the time. Um, I personally would like to have days where like my work and home are separate, where as soon as I shut off the computer at work and I come back home, I'm at my own home, my own space and doing my own thing. Um, but then also being able to engage and collaborate. Um, but also as a um, as a black man, I think there's certain ways in which working from home has really benefited me, such as the microaggressions at work, but then also I don't have to, like sometimes I'm meetings, I don't have to show my face all the time, but then I can focus on the work. People see the work output um, as opposed to making a lot of uh, assumptions, presumptions about when I walk into the room, is he actually going to do the work? My work is already done for him at home. We don't really have to go, go through that kind of process. So I think in some ways, I think there's certain realities that working from home has benefited, and in other cases where like the employers have to also take in, into account. Interesting. Yeah, but a lot of people don't think about that that social aspect um, being sometimes not something that a lot of people that some people look forward to. Right. The idea is that, and this is why it's such a personal thing because it, it depends on kind of where you fall. Maybe you're exactly. someone who's a little bit more recluse and you enjoy that kind of freedom to just be at home and be yourself, quote unquote. And some of these social social aspects that people enjoy are not things that you actually look forward to and you're a little bit more productive. So the question comes to also productivity. And, and I feel like employers have to keep this balance because if their employees are very productive at home, 
the notion of forcing them to come back to the office rings a bit more hollow because the employee says why like kind of in terms of the corporate real estate i wasn't in the room when you signed those contracts so why do i have to bear the responsibility of that and, and also like why is it that um i have to uh, return if i'm just as, as productive at home um reflecting on your guys experience working from home would you say like productivity has been an issue would you say you're, you're more productive would you kind of laugh, laugh at an employer who says like no i i have to see what it is that you're doing even though you're doing good work at home how would you feel about that on the inside i'd probably laugh um because i'm still trying to keep that job to some degree but uh no definitely i i think my productivity i've noticed a difference in it i i can't say for for you eddie but um it def <clears throat> it's definitely been on the more positive end um for working from home as opposed to being in the office there's less amounts of distractions um and i just feel like i can get right to whatever i need to do without much hassle and the biggest thing without a commute so that's that's a big uh, added factor uh, in my opinion also sidebar i kind of like <laughs> i kind of find the idea funny that we're all just like kind of on the low just promoting this uh yeah remote work is is, is great just, uh, going back to the office uh, not so sure about that maybe a hybrid version maybe not at all i don't know i don't know yeah and how about you harsh there's there's i mean there's a lot of um businesses on the periphery um, that depend that have depended on their th those commutes right so i feel like in a time of economic strain it's 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 the human thing about considering whether or not like us coming back there's mom and pop shops that depend on the commute you think about the ttc stores you think about like uh, stores like in the path or stores like situated where people are transiting that are pretty much um at a standstill because of the lack of people coming into the office so i saw it in the states about like joe biden continued to mention like this is part of america's economic return um to go back into the office and there's the city of toronto i think announced that they wanted their employees back in january just as a bellwether for for all those organizations or companies um so i think uh for employees that have the option to and this this goes back to what i was mentioning for employees that have the option to they've done a lot of rethinking this includes myself so this is a personal thing as well they've they've done a lot of rethinking and realized that this conversation cannot um be separate from all the transit work that's going on especially if you live north of the city like myself so you're in gridlock People get surprised when I tell them sometimes even within the city of Toronto, it takes you longer to travel than some people who are on the periphery of the city. But yeah, just for myself, absolutely. It's moved to mission critical. I actually would consider like this an important decision point for my career moving forward, that flexibility, that option to like not come in. Um, because I just feel like there's no argument an employer can make for needing you in the office five days a week, unless your actual job function clearly, clearly requires that. So if it does not, 
then employees will flock to companies that allow them to have that flexibility. And the companies that try to enforce that heavy hand, I feel like will be losing out on a lot of talent. At the end of the day, people need jobs. So some employees may tolerate it, but I have the feeling that there's going to be resentment that bubbles up and you're going to have as an employer, potentially like employees that are preparing to leave or like one foot in one foot out. So I see the benefit of it. People who have kids, it's been a game changer, really big moment um, to consider. So, yeah, I think it's, it's extremely important to me. It seems to be extremely important to a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, those are great insights, brother. So let's move on to our second topic um, around the pain of inflation. And then we can, we can dive into the numbers as much as we want, but we want to humanize it a bit because I think a lot of people have been talking about the, how its impact on the markets, its, its impact at a global scale, but not as much I've, I've seen about like what this actually means to people in their day-to-day lives. So the consumer price index rose 5.7% in February from a year earlier, and it's up from 5.1% in January. This is the highest inflation rate that we've had since August 1991, and it's the 11th consecutive month that inflation has, has surpassed that, that target range from the Bank of Canada. So... Um, People are feeling the pinch, obviously. Uh, Shelter uh, costs rose 6.6%. Groceries are up 7.4%. And gas prices jumped 6.9%. There's something that has to be done about the the inflation that's that's happening. Um, But again, those are the numbers side. I wanted to ask you guys, give us an example, any example of kind of where you felt uh, for me, it's groceries. I'll get to that in a bit. But where you felt kind of inflation pressures and it actually impacting your life. I can go first here. I think I keep on talking about I enjoy cooking. I enjoy preparing lots of meals and a lot of them do contain meat. Um, but I did realize like the price of meat has gone up really high. Um, and I think it was even just even looking at the price of rice going up. I think just those basic um basic materials which yep. mm-hmm. um and even when i was talking to some of the i i go to the grocery store um and always buy my groceries and just talk to the store clerks there make make some small talk and i usually ask them like you know what's you know have you seen prices go up and then they did say like yeah meats have gone up and for me it's pert i have now had to really cook less meat and now uh, cook a lot more vegetarian meals mm-hmm. uh, in most mm-hmm. cases otherwise because it's just like it helps balance the wallet is happy that way yeah but even when you're going out for dinners with friends you now have to also be cautious is like where are we going and because also restaurants also increasing the prices just to make i think make do with a lot of the overhead yeah. if you're going to we're going into a new season spring everyone we're going to be back in the office meeting up with people as well you want to like pick up some new dress wear and stuff those prices also going up as well so now you also have to do like the math as in like um am i going to be spending more on clothes or am i going to be spending more on food so you have to make a lot of this decision making and even trips planning for like those spontaneous trips you mm-hmm. now have to really do the math as in like is this trip really worth it 
now or should I just wait a little? And as with interest rates going up, I think even spending is also going to be a, a consideration. But that's um, those are some of the few things. But Hassan, I'd also like to hear your thoughts. I'm glad that you led with um, the grocery store because that's definitely the first. Um, there's the first point of of contention where where I uh, I have noticed this uh, this um, uh, my household especially like oh, as as the pandemic has like gone on these last few years like became more imperative to like obviously like prepare more meals as opposed to buying um, from restaurants or buying out. Uh, as, as much or going out as much for meals or anything of that nature. So uh, I've definitely noticed it with all the products that you mentioned, whether it's meat, rice, seafood, so on, like just ev- just everything slowly starting to go up. And I have a family member who uh, who works at, um, in, at a grocery store and he's personally witnessed um, even from the from the worker side, like things beginning to go up as well. So I'm glad that you guys brought up the grocery store because, like, every time I see the receipt now, I'm always <laughs> like, wow. But I didn't buy Double take. I didn't buy meat. I think there was like one one time because I go to the butcher separately. So there's like I'm picking up. Uh, uh, my wife will ask like, "Oh, can you pick up a couple things?" And I'm like picking up a couple things, but I'm 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 paying for a lot of things like compared to what I used to get, right? Yeah. So I'm like. Sometimes I'm actually like chuckling when I get the receipt because I'm thinking to myself, like I barely have anything to show for what I've just spent. So grocery store absolutely is is key. Gas prices. Oh my God. Were yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous. What I usually spend to fill my tank cost like half tank amounts. Wow. So I saw, a, and you remember in the beginning of the pandemic, because people were not driving as much, we saw a decrease. Supply. So yeah. we were living nice. We were living nice. I remember oh, yeah. offering like trips and saying like, hey, you want to go here? You want to go there? This is a beautiful day. Now it's like, we have to come to the command center. <laughs> like, what, where are we going? And why? What's the rationale for going to <laughs> What is the rationale for using passport control to get, to get from point A to point B? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's it, honestly, I think ha, like people are strategizing about what it is. I know that now for trips, it's like if you can knock two off at, at one time, like that's a serious <laughs> consideration for people. As funny as it sounds, right? So, yeah, I, I've seen it. I've definitely seen the impact of it, but. I feel like from a policy perspective, it's a really challenging like area to, to, to try to work around. A lot of people talk about how it can get worse, it can get worse. And now I'm thinking to myself, like, it can, well, it's the, it can get worse and it seems continue to be getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, this amount of inflation, again, I think is an eye-opening revelation for certain people because they're like, okay, listen, no amount, no, no amount of financial planning is going to shield me from this. Yeah. So it's not a question of do I need to look at my budget only or tighten my belt. Like a lot of people have found themselves doing that already. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think this is not something that we're only thinking about. Um, 
more than half of Canadians can't keep up with the cost of living, according to a survey. So um, Angus Reid ran a poll and, and Canadians were, are, they said, are becoming more squeezed from all angles as all the prices of goods rise. So food, gasoline, energy, um, adding to household bills. But the key part, I think, and especially um, as a Canadian, a lot of people uh, have this like, angst about this is the fact that even with these rises in the cost of living a lot of people are not seeing any of that in reflected in their wage increases yeah so um especially for a city as as expensive as toronto um that becomes a huge challenge exactly great so we're going to get ended there gents uh, as i mentioned it's a little bit of a shorter episode but i i, I I really wanted to thank you for your time today and for your perspectives. For our listeners, thank you for tuning into today's episode. Um, as always, we hope you found this insightful. We hope it made you think, and, and hopefully, we we hope that you uh, you know have a connection to what it is that we discussed um, because it's th- there are topics that are obviously timely and, and, and impacting a lot of us right now. Um, we look forward to having you join us for our next episode and we want to ensure everyone, especially now that we're going back to, to, to be safe. You guys hear? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>